Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. And joining me on the line right now is Matthew Craddock, who's got an incredible testimony being set free from addictions and sharing the good news. Uh, welcome to the program, mate. Tell us a bit about where you were born and raised. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be here, mate. Uh, where I was born and raised, good question. So I grew up in Western Sydney, mate, uh, uh, in, the, in the Bankston area. Uh, came from a really good family. Um, had, a, had a mother that was an academic, a father that was a very senior accountant, and, uh, you know, a very loving family. I, I, I guess I was a little bit off the rails, Matt, to begin with, to be honest, mate. Um, you know, I, I was diagnosed with ADD and uh, those sorts of things at quite a young age, and I guess, um, you know, I had all these great aspirations and dreams to do great things. I was always going to be a famous actor or singer or, you know, something like that, and um, I actually remember the, the moment that my ego stepped in and said, move out of the way, and, and, and sort of began to run, run my life. I, um, I became quite rebellious. I, I was expelled from a couple of schools um, in my teens, and, and um, I moved over to Cronulla High. I actually got expelled from, expelled from Cronulla High in year 10, uh, at which point, no matter, I moved straight into an apprenticeship. I went into uh, a, a construction carpentry apprenticeship. Um, just managed to scrape through that, mate, and I guess, you know, in... in while all that was going on, I don't think I necessarily had in place at that stage the right mentors or, um, you know, the people, the right people leading me and showing me how to, you know, save money and, and uh, you know, giving that sort of support network that I needed at that age and kind of fell off the rails from there after, Matt, to be honest. And tell us what life was like for you, mate. Uh, you, you got involved in uh, uh, many different, uh, the, the party <laughs> lifestyle, but a bit of, di- bit of drugs and stuff, did you? You could say that, mate. So, look, for me, you know, it started, um, you know, it, it, it started, I guess, probably, uh, you know, having a few issues at home and, I guess, rebelling from my father. And at this point, you had, a, you had a son and a father that were living under the same house that were both, you know, pretty heavy drinkers at that point. Um, and, you know, I grew up on the streets of Cronulla. I ended up becoming one of the Nulla kids. And, um, you know, I ended up, uh, I guess, probably running away from home, but I actually ended up living on the streets for, 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 for a couple of years at that point. Uh, and in that, um, you know, in, in that time, I guess, I guess really started to get into alcohol pretty heavily. And I, I guess as a kid, you know, there's all that sort of stuff going on. And, um, you know, you don't want to have to deal with the emotions of it. So for me at that time, it was quite easier. It was, it was a lot easier to just mask it with, um, you know, with the alcohol and not have to deal with that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, that's a, it's a slippery slope, mate. It just takes a matter of time before you, you bump into the wrong person and they offer you something else that you haven't tried before and it doesn't seem like much of a, you know, it doesn't seem like a big decision or a big choice at the time, but, but they, they really are. Uh, massive choices that can then sculpt um, and, and, and really change the trajectory of, of, of your future. But, um, you know, at that point, mate, I guess, um, you know, I probably would have started with a, a couple of pills here and there and, you know, not thinking it's much harm. And then, uh, you know, down the track very, very quickly, suddenly you're, you're trying speed or, you, you know, you're trying other drugs. And within no time at all, matter, I, I had become, um, you know, there'd obviously become some real substance uh, abuse issues. Uh, at that point, mate, I, I took off to Queensland. I... Uh, Funnily enough, met my 
uh, future wife who I marry in two months' time, which is <laughs> pretty exciting. Um, and uh, and that, at that point, I lived with her for four years on the Gold Coast. It was horrible because I was completely ho- I was, I was a completely hopeless drug addict, and she was this amazing woman that would always try and pick up the pieces. But after four years of that, Matt, um, we stopped talking. Um, she had to, you know, eventually say enough is enough. Uh, and the next, you know, the next sort of 15 years of my life, mate, were, were just completely out of control. She was probably the last thing that was holding, um, she was the last bit of webbing that, that sort of held the, 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 the last bit of the, the good Matthew Craddock that was left. Mm. Um, and, mate, once she was gone, it was, you know, it was a, a, a new guy that took over. And I guess, you know, from that point too, Matt, things got really bad. I guess, um, you know, at that point started taking ice, um, which up until that point I had not. And, mate, really, that just – it changed the game. It, 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 when you're in that place, Matt, it's, it's hard for people that haven't had an addiction to understand. But, but there is no planning. There's no forethought. There's no hindsight. There's, there's no rationality. It's just literally, uh, you know, it's just where's the next spot? Where's the next place that I can get on? And, uh, mate, to be honest, I lived that way for, for almost 15 years, which I know is, is pretty – pretty uh, profound but but uh yeah almost 15 years Matt and um you know miraculously made it through that 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 journey and I uh you know I hadn't been a Christian uh along that journey um I didn't necessarily I didn't necessarily deny God Matt I, I just I just didn't believe that that God wanted to love someone like me mm. um and I I think that was key you know I think that was just a a sneaky little lie that got in my ear as a kid, uh, you know, that God's up there and he just wants to cuddle all the guys that are ticking the boxes and doing all the great stuff. But guys like me that are, that are not necessarily or were not, were not necessarily doing that great stuff, uh, you know, he doesn't have time for me. And, and as you'd know, Matt, obviously that, that, that couldn't be further from the truth. So, um, you know, it actually pushed me further and further away. And great men would come into my life, Matt, to be honest, and say, hey, little buddy, I, uh, I, can, look, I can see what's going on for you and I can actually show you a better way. But I wasn't prepared to listen because I didn't think, um, you know, I qualified, if that makes sense. And I'm curious to know, in that time of drug addiction over those years, did yeah. you get in contact with any Christians or did, did you come across any Christians and was there opportunities and chances to get your life right or did you just keep running? Mate, there was multiple opportunities and chances to get my life right. Uh, and absolutely, mate, especially towards the end of the journey when I actually became a patch member of, of you know, one of Australia's uh, biggest motorcycle clubs. And I, I um, you know, I became a patch member of the club. And, and, and you know, we, we would quite often encounter, uh, you know, other Christian, well, we would encounter Christian motor, motorcycle clubs. And, you know, these guys would, would try and get in my ear about, you know, Jesus or God or, and I just wouldn't have a bar of it because as, as nice as these guys seemed, I, I, once again, Matt, I just, I just felt that that's not a place that, that I could ever possibly belong. I didn't think that was a place that was reserved for men like me. Um, and obviously, mate, that was the problem, you know, and that needed to shift before my, my understanding of grace needed to shift, Matt, before any of that could possibly take place. And tell us, what was the, uh, the, the thing that got you across the line? What was the moment of conversion? I mean, you know what, I, I guess... You know, I was, I was, you know, 32 or something at the time, maybe a bit younger. I, I'd lived a certain way, Matt, for so long. Um, and sadly, most people don't actually make it through that. Um, I, on the other hand, was blessed to, to have, you know, defied the odds a million times. Uh, and I just got to a place, Matt, where everything and everyone that I loved had been completely pushed out of my life by me. Um, you know, my, my, my addiction had taken control of me so badly that, um, you know, even my mother, who just relentlessly loved me um, with no conditions um, from day dot, she, she actually couldn't 
I couldn't, she couldn't pick up the phone anymore because, you know, I just, you know, I just kept taking advantage of it and hurting them. So what actually had to happen, Matt, is I actually had to be on my knees. Like, I, there actually needed to be no one left and nothing left, you know, and I, I, I was left with a, you know, a big choice. One was, with, with, with two answers, one was to commit suicide, which I was very, very close to doing, and the other was to to decide, you know what, this isn't going to be my legacy, and it's it's time for me to uh, to get off my bum and, and, and fight. And tell us about the uh, transformation that happened in your life. Mate, at that point, uh, when, when that moment took place, I was actually a, uh, you know, I was a, a hopeless ice addict. By this stage, I was living in a, in a fibro shack at the back of Glenfield, Western Sydney. Uh, there was no one and nothing left in my life. And I, I actually felt like someone whose soul had been torn out. Like it was, it's, it's something I don't know how to put into words, Matt, but it's, it's a horrific feeling to, 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 to feel like your soul's missing. And my life had become this big black hole of really bad things. My, my, my existence was purely based around uh, drugs and, you know, power and money and, and, and women and all these crazy things that the more I had, and I had them at the most extreme levels, uh, I, I was never satisfied. It would never filled that hole. And I ended up from, you know, having all this resource and power and money and all that sort of stuff to being this really broken, um, you know, lonely, uh, broken drug addict in the middle of Glenfield with nothing and no one left. I just pushed everyone out of my life. And I was there, Matt. I had a gun in my hand. I was, I was going to commit suicide. I decided to fight. And I, I, I put, I put uh, I punched rehab into my phone. I knew at that point I couldn't do it alone. And I, I rang the, uh, the Salvation Army and, and, and they guided me into a place called the Duralong Transformation Centre um, up on the central coast there in New South Wales. And, mate, I came in that place and it was, uh, you know, that's where I got well. And I, and I was the, probably, Matt, the most profound moment of my life took place about six weeks into that. Um, I was angry. I was violent. I was running around with that jail mentality, uh, that gang mentality. And, you know, anyone that looked me the wrong way, I, you know, I'm going to jump all over him and all this sort of stuff. And um, at the time, I was in a real toxic relationship. And the, and, the, and the lady that I was in a relationship with, we were screaming at each other on a phone. And I was standing at the front of the chapel at this point. Uh, and I'm hurling abuse, mate. I mean, I'm, I'm going to kill you. And she's like, I'm going to kill you too. And you're, you're this and you're that. It was really toxic stuff. And I am losing my, uh, losing my marbles at this point, screaming at the top of my lungs. And this, this, this amazing lady just walks out of the chapel, calls a cucumber, and she walks up to me. And she, you know, she's a foot or two shorter than myself. And um, her name was Rachel McDonald. I'd not met Rachel before, and I had no idea who she was. And she's walked up while I'm screaming venom at this uh, this this woman and she goes, excuse me, Matt, you need to come inside. Chapel's about to start, <laughs> and I just I just turned out a mate and just fed it to her. I was like, ah, ah, and, you know, all sorts of cursing stuff and plenty of stuff that I can't say on the radio, mate. But but uh, really horrible, nasty stuff. And she didn't even flinch, mate. She just looked at me and she went right out and she walked back into the chapel. I didn't give it another moment's notice, and I'm sitting down at the table, and then suddenly this this bloke walks up uh, up to me real hesitantly after I'd put the phone down. And he goes, Matty, do you know who that was, mate? What's it do? He goes, mate, that's the boss's wife. And I just went, oh, no. And, I, and I'm sitting there, Matt, at this table thinking, oh, you buffhead. Like, and, and little did they know, Matt, they didn't realise that I'd actually almost killed myself just a matter of months earlier. And, and it took me three months of hell to get in there. Mm. They didn't realise, Matt, that I'd already, you know, that there was no plan B for me. Like, that, that was it, mate. I, was, it, I got one shot at this and that's it. Uh, it was it was it was make or break time for me, and uh, you know I'm sitting at the table, Matt, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm dead. Like she's going to come out, she's going to say, mate, pack your bags. There's going to be a security guard with her. 
I'm going to feed it to him, and then you know I'm going to have to get kicked off the program. Uh, and what they didn't know, Matt, is that I, I had already planned in my head, as sad as this sounds at the time, that I was going to, as soon as they ejected me from the rehab, I was going to walk down to the park and I was going to take my own life, right? Mm. Uh, and I'd even planned how I was going to do that to, to, the, to the finest detail. And what happens next, Matt, changed my life. She walks out. She, she walks up to me, cool as a cucumber, and she goes, Matt, can you stand up, please? And I, I stood up, and I thought, here we go. Like, I, I've, I've read the play. I know how this looks. I know what she's going to say. Pack your bags. And um, what she did next, Matt, changed my life. She looked up at me, and she said, mate, do you mind if I give you a hug? And I said, you what? She goes, do you mind if I give you a hug? And I said, well, why on earth would you want to hug me for? And she said, well, because I love you, mate. And I just, I, I didn't really know what to say, Matt. I just took a step back, and I was kind of like, you know, I regard myself as a bit of a cluey felon most times, and I, I just didn't really understand what she meant. Like, why on earth would she love me for? And, and she said, can I give you a hug? And I thought, well, I guess, I guess so. And I, I kind of really awkwardly lent in and, you know, just sort of crouched down a bit so she could put her arms up and around me and, she just grabbed me, mate, and she pulled me close, and she said, mate, come here, come here, mate, it's all good, it's okay. And she put her hands on my head, Matt, and, and she started to pray for me. Now, I can't, I've got a fair bit of brain damage, to be fair, but I, I can't remember a time when anyone's put their hand on my head and actually prayed for me, in particular, when I've told them to go rack off. And uh, I realised then, Matt, you know, what she did was so profound, and I, I think it really... It, 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 you know what she did, mate? She showed me what grace looks like. And a guy coming from the places places that I've come from, mate, that's not something you get to see very often. So wow. I, um, she, she gave it a face for me. She gave it, she made it tangible. I could feel it. I could see it. And I realized in that moment, Matt, that I was in a place that I could actually get well. I knew then, you know what? These guys actually love me. They, they really do care about me. And for the first time, Matt, in 33 years at that point, the, the, the walls came down. Um, and I, I allowed people into my life to, to pass those walls that I'd built up. Um, and it began the journey of, of me getting well. Well, mate, I'll tell you what, I've done over 500 radio interviews uh, <laughs> over the years, and there's been about three or four of them that have led me to tears. Uh, this is about number five Amen. right now. <laughs> Amen, mate. <laughs> because Amen. you, you know, know what? what? It's about love, isn't it? You know what, mate? It's... A, it's, it's <laughs> It just sums it up, mate. You know, like any of us, Matty, we can go out there today. I've got to get back to the office now and work my bum off. I love working, right, by the way. <laughs> and right, and it's, it, it's, it's so easy for us to just commend people and pat them on the back when they're doing great stuff, right, and, and to love on them. But the challenge is, Matt, to do that when, when the world says they don't deserve it. Yeah. Because they're the moments that change the tra- trajectory, right? The whole world at that point, in the world's view, Matt, and obviously not in God's view, but in the world's view, turn the rack off, right? Uh, she said, no, no, sorry, my God says to love this guy good and proper with no conditions attached. It's good. Uh, and that's what changes the game, Matt, you know? She, she, had she not done that, everything in my life today would not be there. Well, mate, that hug uh, led to an incredible transformation. Uh, you're now uh, working full-time, uh, about to get married. I am, mate. I'll get married in a few months. I'm now the head of sales and marketing at All Trades Queensland, a phenomenal Queensland brand and, and you know, a company that is very in tune with, with 
you know, my purpose for life, and that's, you know, empowering people. And, and, you know, we get to do that on the daily by empowering trainees and apprentices to be the future of their industry. So, you know, all, all, all the stuff that I get to do today and, you know, about to marry the love of my life and all my family back in my life and just the amazing support network that I have and, you know, the responsibility, the blessings, everything, mate. It's, it's, it's just all come, you know, from that moment. And then, of course, from, from thereafter, me opening up and actually – deciding to lay it all before God. And, and, you know, I said this the other day, Matt, um, at our Connect Group, I said, by no means am I perfect, mate, at all. Um, The the fundamental difference from my life prior to being a Christian as opposed to being a Christian is that through it all, right, you still get all the bad times and the hard stuff and all that. But through it all, Matt, I've learned to run towards him. Like I've learned to go, I don't have to run away from it. I can actually go straight towards God. And, and and what happens over time, mate, when you continue to do that and it becomes your normal pattern of behavior is that it refines you. It just, like, I'm continuously refined every day, you know? And, and it's just because I'm in a relationship with God and I just, you know, I put him first in all that I do. He's in every decision that I make. He's in my family. He's in my relationships. And it's just, it's amazing. I just, I, I, you know, it's amazing. Well, mate, you can't argue with a person's testimony, and uh, you're a, a living, breathing example of someone who's been transformed through the power of God. And now Amen. you're preaching it. You, you get out and share your testimony. You, you, you're doing a bit of ministry, are you? Yeah, mate. I, I get around when I can. It's, uh, it's a very, very busy schedule these days, mate. But you know, in all that I do, mate, it, it and you know, once again, to be able to do that today uh, in a career, to actually be able to change lives and, and empower, you know, men and women, is is, is just such a blessing because it's. It's where it all stems from for me, mate, you know. So at, at every opportunity, um, you know, I'm, I'm ministering where I can and I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm speaking life in, into people's situations and speaking love into their situations. Like nothing, nothing brings me greater joy, to be honest. Well, mate, thank you for sharing your story with us, buddy. I reckon you're a history maker. God bless. <laughs> you too, mate. God bless you. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.